Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the iniquities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who, in the name of charity and goodwill, shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness. For he is truly his brother's keeper and finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison and destroy my brothers. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. Ladies and gentlemen, the Church of Laszlo has begun. Yo! Yo! How are you, man? Never better. How about yourself? I'm great. No problems. Glad to hear it. What do we got going on today? Well, uh, there was something I wanted to talk to you about. I actually meant to text you about it. Hmm. But uh, I was sitting at home last night looking for something to watch, and I actually got a text from my buddy Chalen, and so he told me, hey, there's a new Frontline. I like Frontline, Mm -hmm. but they they put them out so randomly and far apart, it's not something that I go check for. and. I mean, I'll just admit I'm not on the PBS app all that often. Okay. But uh, he's like, they did one about the uh, the Astros cheating scandal. Oh. And I was like, I'll, I'll watch that right now. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. It's really interesting. Obviously, it's something that we talked about. Obviously, Michigan's going through their own mm-hmm. sort of scandal right now. And it's interesting to see, especially for someone who, you know, I like sports, but no one would call me a sports guy. But but I enjoy him and uh, well, that's just an intriguing story. I mean, right? But to also just kind of learn the difference when you talk about sign stealing, to hear these ball players talk about the difference between stealing a sign in baseball and you know stealing a sign like like you know Michigan's accused of doing or or whatever, how it, it makes all the difference in the world and how that's why in baseball. Everyone essentially, there. I don't think there's anyone defending it, saying, "Oh, come on, it's sort of within the rules." Everyone's like, "That's straight up cheating." Because these hitters, if they know, if it they know, changes they know. everything. They're saying it has a huge impact that you sure. can't even begin to understand if you don't play baseball. Well, listen, the guys even talk advantages. about it, like you know, he's tipping his pitches. Yeah, like even if they, you know, I think in the the Royals, maybe a couple of years ago, people people correct me, but Daniel Lynch was getting crushed. And then he went back down to the minors, and somebody was like, yo, you tip your pitches, man. And then he changed it and pitched much better. So it's like, where you put your hand. I've seen, I watch stuff on Instagram where they're like, hey, you know, even to little kids, you know, or college kids, I guess, you know, but even like, hey, uh, younger pitchers will 
tip their pitch. They put their glove up. See if they move their hand inside the glove. If it moves this way, then you know what it is. If it moves this way, then you know what it is. Yeah. They're getting their grip set, and then they show it compared to major league pitchers where there is no movement. Mm-hmm. They put that boom. We're not showing you anything. Yeah. And those little things, you know, you tip a pitch. The truth of the matter is, you're trying to hit a fastball that goes 100 miles an hour, and you're, all, you're pre- you have to predict it. You That's have the whole to swing. Thing. You have to be swinging. If you're not a baseball person, it's. It's all about predicting. It's right. not like I'm going to look at this pitch and see how it's coming over time. the plate. You don't have time to do you that. You have to say it's a fastball, and, and I'm swinging. Th- and this is where he throws his And fastball. I'm swinging, yep. swinging, swinging, swinging. And then at the last second, you have to be like, ooh, that's a ball. Right. So, But when you're up to bat, it's like, yes, 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 no. Yeah. But if you're up to bat and you know it's a curveball, mm-hmm. then you can be like, all right, well, I'm just going to wait. Yep. I can wait on this thing. I got way more time than I usually do, and I'm going to hit this thing over the fence unless it's a ball. Yeah, I can look at it. Right. Well, and what I thought was interesting, too, is they talk about all the, and you know, this goes for every sport, but they were talking about baseball, all the signs on on the field and all the little things that, you know, advantages that you try and try and have. You know, almost like uh, playing poker, having a good poker face or or having a tell, trying to find those tells. And everyone agreed that all of that stuff is 1,000% within the rules. And, and within, well, even fans in, would say, within the spirit of the game. Yeah, even in, uh, well, the Phillies lost last night, but in the series before this, uh, Craig Kimbrell was up pitching, <clears throat> and the game was close, and there's a guy on second in the late innings, right? Okay. Well, everybody knows if you have a guy on second, he's trying, he can see the catcher. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to read those signs, and while he reads those signs, he's trying to tell the batter what ball's coming. That is absolutely what happens. Yeah, yep. They um, talked about that in the documentary, too. All the time. Mm-hmm. And Craig Grimble is on the mound, and he just drops the ball. Oh, he just which heard, is a ball. Forget about it. A ball. Mm-hmm. So the guy in second has to go to third. So He'd rather him move to third yeah. than know what I'm going to throw next. Like walking the guy on second. Exactly. Yeah. I walk yeah. the guy on second so he can't see yeah. the catcher. Yeah. And that's just, you know, people were like, oh, man, he balked on purpose. But it wasn't like... That's insane. I, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that's why he did it, because he thought whoever was on second could read the, knew the catcher's signs and was trying to tell the batter what they were. Right. But the difference is clearly using video evidence and putting being cameras a trash in the, Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And, now they put and the you have to have someone there. on second to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that these players are all always looking for an edge. We don't know what other teams have gotten away with, but they talked about once those cameras were put out there, the cameras were put out there so that they could do reviews. You could review calls, right? People wanted that so you could have right. uh, go to New York or wherever, wherever the hell it goes and look at those plays and, sure. and have a review. People, I guess, decided that they wanted that, and it was a big deal. I remember when it happened. But, of course, as soon as the cameras got put out there, and I think they also said, like, you can also use this tape to watch later for your sure. team or whatever and see you know, what you're doing wrong, what you're doing well. But as soon as they put those cameras out there, they said, you know, you got to think that teams, players, managers, everyone is thinking, is there a way that we could use this somehow? Now, some of them may think, I don't want to cheat, but is there a way within the rules to use? Sure. The Yankees and the, and the Red Sox they talked about. I think some... every team, and we'll find out what happened with Michigan. If they cross the line, then they need to be punished. I, I yeah. get it. Yeah. But we'll find out. Every team is trying to go in, in every sport. Every team is trying to go into some gray area. Where that's not necessarily illegal. Right. Everyone is trying to do that. And we also, know that. And, and maybe in football it might be, I, I think it is the same, but certainly in baseball. Baseball, say, the rule is if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And because baseball is about these little teeny fractions of a margin <laughs> yes. that make all the difference in the world. Well, and even Dion said that, it yesterday. They, you know, Dion kind of came out. In defense of Michigan. Oh, yeah, I heard you saying something. Because he just that. said, like, you know, I was stealing signs. You still got to stop me. 
in football. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you know, you still got to Oh, good. You know I'm going to run a sweep. Well, you still yeah. got to tackle me. Right. So there's something to that. I mean, it's easier if you know it's a sweep for sure. But he's yeah. like, you still got you know all my plays, yeah. but stop me. Yeah. He's like, but if I'm and Dion who played both, but if I'm up to bat and you tell me a curveball's coming, that? oh yeah, yeah. He's like, that is, you tell me a curveball's coming, then I that is a big difference. That's, and I would agree with that. That's exactly the difference between you know any other sport and baseball because hitting a baseball is so hard. Yeah. You know, I mean, all I mean, the other sports the are majors. hard, but yeah, right. but I mean, when that everybody's throwing ninety-seven mile an hour fastballs, you cannot think. I'm going to sit on a curve here. Right. You can't, or right. else he'll blow by you. Well, like we but said, if you just have to sit there and be like, I know it's a curve. Yeah. It didn't change good. anything. And like we said, this is a sport where if you are successful 30% of the time, you're yep, real that's good. That's it. Really you're, good. You're one of the greats. Really that's it. You're successful 30% of the time. And I do think that And if they're just doing it at certain times, there's a guy on third, two outs. I let you know it's a curveball coming. I don't let you know it all the time. Now, all of a sudden, I'm a clutch hitter, man. I may not be right. great all the time. Right. When there's a man on third in a big game, yep. I wreck people. Well, that, well, okay, now, you know. Makes all the difference. It does. Uh, there's, I think that you'll enjoy it, and I'm not going to sit here and recap the whole thing, but there were just a, a couple things that I wanted to discuss with you as, as major takeaways for me. Maybe you already knew this. One was that I didn't know what this whole Astros cheating scandal, uh, when it was all said and done. Which, by the way, it, the Astros lost last night. Oh, they, uh, the night before to the Rangers. Okay, yeah. So it's oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, the Rangers right. won and the Diamondbacks. Well, the Rangers, right? Diamondbacks. Yeah, I never would have guessed that, would you? No, but, I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Somebody knows, but I'm guessing if you guessed Rangers, Diamondbacks, World Series before the oh, season, you're going to make some money, a lot of money, a absolutely. lot of money. Absolutely. But uh, I didn't know this. Maybe you did. It, it was not all the players that were doing this. It was a, it was a select group. It was only really a few, maybe like three or four guys who were. I guess asking to participate it, in this is it because they some guys didn't want to do it that because they seems, all had to know it they had to know they had to know because you hear the bang bang you're like yep, well what's that yep it, like it, you, there's no way you, and then the guy hits a home run you're like yo dude like there's no way you play 162 games or whatever it is yeah and not like oh pick up on it according now it's only eight so it's eighty at home they're probably not banging right. the trash can away so there you go. Uh, according to the people who worked for the team or you know, in the organization have spoken out since and that were being interviewed for it, they definitely gave the impression that a lot of guys were like, I don't like this at all. Right. Right? I don't, I'm just not going to be a part of it. I don't like it. Including, now they didn't say that he said this explicitly, but when they analyzed all that footage of all those bangs on the trash can, Altuve right. never uh, participated in it. Oh, okay. Which is interesting, right? Because when I, when I think of the Astros in 2017, I think of Altuve, Altuve being a cheater. Altuve's a big cheater. Yeah, exactly. And then there was another rumor right, about him Altuve later. Because Altuve hits Chapman's slider, which nobody hit for right. a home run, then Chapman... He's come out and said, basically, Altuve's a cheater. He couldn't hit my slider. There's yeah. no way he could hit it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really interesting. But the, I thought that it was interesting that they said it was just this you know, select group of guys. Also, Carlos Beltran, they acted like, was the ringleader of this whole thing. Okay. They brought him in. But they talked to an old commissioner of baseball. I had no idea who this guy was. He was commissioner from like 1988 to 93 or something like that. Uh, it looked like he was about 6,000 years old. But he had his wits about him. And they were asking him, you know, what, what would you have done? Because if you don't know, when this scandal happened, when it was all said and done and the commissioner came in, they fined some money. And then, you know, the managers got in a little bit of trouble. The owner got fined whatever the fine was. But the players didn't get really in any trouble. Uh, right. not, not to the point that people thought they should have. No, as far as I know, there was right. no, like, actual suspensions or anything. And <laughs> they asked this old commissioner, you know, what should have happened? Because the commissioner is explaining, look. 
Unfortunately, a commissioner in baseball works for the owners. That's mm-hmm. his job. It, it's, he's there to appear as if he's in charge, but he's actually there to make the owners money, and they're sure. very open about that. You're here well, to make us I money. I mean, in any sport, they get paid by the owners. You get so. paid by us, and you're here to find more ways. Don't right. tell us how to do baseball. We got that part right. figured out. But So he's in a, in a tough situation, but they asked this old commissioner, what should the punishment have been? And this is what I wanted to get your take on. He said, the players who participated in it, lifetime bans. Banned forever from baseball. Can't play in the MLB ever again. Just to show that they're serious about rules matter. You know, you knew that it was cheating and you knew that this wasn't within the spirit of the game, that this wasn't like, oh, we're playing within the rules. You know, it's a little, that you knew this was straight up cheating. You knew what kind of advantage it gave you. They should have been banned for life. I was like, wow. And that's, a, that's so. a former commissioner of the MLB. You know, if it had just been Joe Schmo right. or whatever, right. or a fan. But I thought it was interesting that the, a former commissioner. I just think, said I, I get it. I get what he's saying. I think. You know, then when they found out guys were doing steroids, they banned them for life. Guys are doing right. steroids now. Right. Or, you know, PEDs, they don't ban them for life. And that, uh, I mean, it, that's just as much as cheating, right? Right. I, I, I mean, I, I get it. I, I thought it was a kind of a shocking thing to hear him right. say when they asked him. I thought he was going to say, well, the players should have gotten in some trouble. Anything he said, lifetime that, ban. Anything that changes the game on the field is a big deal. Yeah. And cheating. That's true, but. And he says, you know, your job is to protect the integrity. A sport is only a sport when there's rules. That's sure. what makes it a sport. And if the rules are being broken, then it's theater. And then people lose interest, you know, if they don't believe in it anymore. When you think about the Astros, that team was a really good team. It's a dynasty team. I think one of the things that makes this controversy even more of a controversy is like, all right, they stopped and they're still good. That's the thing. Right. But when you think of them and how good those guys are, that scrappy team they put together, right? When you think about the Astros... And, and, I mean, you were talking about, what, 10 years of being a competitive right. ball club, maybe more now. You just think of them as uh, cheaters first. And they said, you know, I think 50 years from now when you look back, if you go back and look at that dynasty, the first thing you'll think is oh, cheaters, and then you'll think uh, they were good players and they did continue to win. It's after funny because I don't think of that. You don't? I don't automatically think of the Astros as cheaters anymore. I think right then I did, it. but yeah, I don't... Yeah, like if I look at them now, I'm not like, oh, they cheated. But I or see whatever. what he's saying. Fifty years, I don't from think of the Patriots back, like that. The big, the big story would be, yeah, but and they, Patriots you know, they, had the videos, the, the, the video the stuff. They had the Deflate Gate. I've I never, don't think of the Patriots as cheaters. I, I, I get that. And they I mean, I do. That. You know, you hear it, but I don't think, oh, they are only good because they cheated. That when someone says that to me, like the Astros are only good because they cheated, or the Patriots are only good because they were cheated, I'm always like, no, right, no. But with the Patriots, and they mentioned it briefly in that thing with the Patriots, I at least was never convinced that what they were accused of doing gave them the type of advantage that these guys are saying calling the well, pitches no, that's did. True. So whether they deflated the balls or looked, you know, yes, and that could be outside the rules, but every single person in baseball is saying this is a huge deal. Well, it yeah. gives you a massive advantage, and it is cheating, and it should be cheating, because if you're doing it, it changes the game completely. Pitchers, they're saying, potentially lost their jobs no, because yeah, of this. No, that's true. They pitched some of their last games against yeah, because they got the Astros because they just got rocked, and it was like, I wasn't having a great season, and then that happened, and I'm right, done. Right. You're like, damn, that sucks, you Well, know? you can make that argument for everything. Of course. Anytime there's cheating, a guy who took steroids, Absolutely. The guy there's a guy in the minor him. leagues who, oh, yeah, the guy there's a guy in the minor leagues who didn't, spot. Yeah. who didn't take steroids, he could never get able to play first base because yep, yep. he just can't beat the guy out at first base, but he would have been able to if the guy wasn't cheating. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think a lifetime ban is 
It was it was shocking thing to, to hear. But maybe think, that's why he know, said it. But I think he's just saying integrity. Of the I think game the only matters. thing I can think of a lifetime ban for is gambling and gambling on yourself uh, to lose on, the, on your team, not yeah. gambling to win. Yeah, point, I don't think that's point, a lifetime point shaving right. or any of that, that stuff. Kind of stuff. That, then it, right. I, I agree. But whatever happens with even with this Michigan thing now, and what they've been accused of, if they are quote unquote guilty of it or whatever, again, I have not been convinced that when this happens in football, it gives you the type of advantage that these baseball players are saying calling those pitches. No, I agree. Them. I don't think it's that so, type of advantage. Yeah. I do think it's an advantage. It's also, you know, it'll be the same thing. Yeah. It'll be the same thing. If Michigan goes on to win a national championship this year, it'll be because you cheated. Yeah. And if they end up losing, it'll be because you got caught and had to stop cheating. Yeah. There's no good way that this ends now. Right. Well, and, you know, I felt bad for, like, El Tuve. If the, I had no idea until watching this thing, but if that's true that he never participated in this, let's just say that he didn't, that El Tuve never participated in this and said, like, I don't want it. Don't be hitting the trash can right. for me. Here's a guy who's 5'5", five, five, they never thought would, would play in the majors, ends up becoming this, I mean, star, absolute right. star. He wasn't cheating. And now when you look back at that era in El Tuve, He's the one that yes, stands great, out as the cheater. But you think of the cheater because he right. was the face of the team. Absolutely. Right. So it kind of ruins it for everyone. The Church of Laszlo. Yo! Yo! I love these things. I know you probably going to go this. to Wilco tonight? Well, I don't know uh, if it's... I heard someone say that Wilco was tonight. Throw on your Hey Dudes. Right. I, some Dad Rock with Snow Cone. It's so Guys weird. put on some button-up shirts. He's going to see jeans. the 1975. Oh, you know, Snow Cone's younger. Yeah. Good for you. You're going to be the oldest guy in the place. Yep. What's weird about Wilco is in my early 20s, like I remember, you know, working with you and Greg and you guys talking about Wilco, and I thought of Wilco then as Dad Rock. Usually, Dad Rock, Dad Rap, whatever it is, it's something that you grew up with. But with Wilco, when I was young, I thought it was Dad Rock. Now I'm older and I grew into it. And I'm like, man, I really like Wilco. (laughs) But I also feel like they're one of those bands that I do like listening to them a lot. I've never felt, as much as I've been listening to them the last few years, I haven't felt like, man, I wish I'd seen them live. There's nothing against them. Maybe it's a great show. Like, I love Spoon. I'll just say, you know, I could live without their live show. It's, you know, it's fine. But it's something I don't say to someone, you've never seen Spoon live? You've got to go see him live. You know, it's... it's, I've only seen Wilco once. It's Spoon. You have seen them? On the first album. Is it was it like seeing Spoon? In my mind, it was good. I really liked that first album. It was them, and you remember that band, the Jayhawks? I know that name. It Wait, I thought the Jayhawks. And, uh, never mind. I'm thinking of somebody else. It was them and the Jayhawks. I saw it. Okay, and it was good. Were you ever a? Wilco, but I mean, it was that a long time ago. Were you ever a Wilco fan at all? I really liked that first album. Okay, and then after that, like, and I still listen to that first album sometimes. But then after that, some of it, some of, like a song or two on every album. That's well, and that's kind of what kept and then happening. So I'm like, man, it kept popping up, or I'd hear like a song that I didn't recognize. I knew it was them, but I'd hear it in a movie, and I'm like, oh, that's Wilco. What song's that? And you Shazam it. And then it was like I started listening more and more, and then eventually got to the point where I realized this is a band that I don't skip when the song comes up. Right. And now when the new stuff comes out, I, I listen to that, and I'm like, man, I'm like a Wilco fan. I'm not actually. It's like you with comic books. Because a Wilco right. fan would be like, what's well, your favorite them. album? Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm just like uh, a, a noob, I guess, because it's only been maybe five years, six years, something like that. But I would go see them. I just, I'm out of the loop, man. I didn't know that they were coming. I totally forgot that 1975 was tonight, too. And I don't even know if Wilco's here. Someone said they were going to see them tonight, but they could have been in a different city. So I'm looking right now. Let's see. Wilco, October 25th, Midland Theater, Kansas City. Okay. There you go. They're here. Well, you want to go see them? I've already seen them. Well, it was years ago, it right? It was, yeah. It was years ago. But 
You know, they only had one album out. That's my favorite album, so I got to, you know. But it's only the album you probably listen to, really, too, right? You're probably like, that's pretty good. I'm, I don't need to listen to more. Right. You, I mean, so, you know, maybe maybe listen to some of the new stuff. You know what? I'm going to make you a very short Wilco playlist. Please. I'll send it to you. I think you're going to like it. And uh, if I'd only done it a few days ago, you'd be wanting to go to the show with me tonight. I can't ask Snowcone to go because he's going to the 1975. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can't ask Brooke to go because that'd be rude, you know. <laughs> I, I don't think she wants to do that. Ah. Uh, Lazo, I know every morning when you wake up, one of the things you always check out uh, with your morning coffee, yeah. you flip your computer open, and you always go to just <coughs> justjared.com. Of course. Uh, you know, just to get, uh, they cover everything. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. You never uh-huh. know what you're going to get, but it's always good. And I do love these things. It's usually rock stars that I've seen in the past where we get these contracts, the writers, their demands. But this isn't rock stars. They've got celebrities i mean some of them are musicians but they've got celebrities just in general like movie stars and uh, interesting things that were put into their contracts oh okay well like some of the craziest things they say that were put into celebrity contracts so like one of them i feel like i've heard this before but jack nicholson when he was shooting batman any guesses what what was in that contract i i, I feel like no. i've heard this and he guesses snow cone what would jack nicholson put in his contract in 1988 1989 uh, no, he uh, said that he would only shoot when the Lakers weren't playing because he couldn't. Oh, miss any, that's cool. Couldn't miss any Lakers games. That makes which sense. Is, uh, yeah. pr- pretty cool. Queen Latifah mm-hmm. refuses to die in her movies. She says if she dies in a movie, then there's no chance of her being in a sequel. And what if it's popular and they want to make a sequel? So she will not. Now I haven't seen every Queen Latifah movie. Well, me neither. Uh, I don't know that I can think of the name of one right now. I did there's see one, one with in high Steve school. Martin. Where she's married. Oh to yeah, him? that was a little more reason. What was the one? Was that, that where set she... it off? Was that them? Oh yeah, off? that's a good one. Yeah, I remember. I think I saw that when I was. What's a the one where she's married to Steve Martin? Yeah, what is that called? You know what? I saw that one too. But you know, I don't think she died in it. I don't think she died in Set It Off. So, come, what's your favorite Queen Latifah movie? Mm, set It Off. <laughs> set It Off. Yeah, I like that. That's the one. Yeah. She didn't die in that, did she? So I uh, guess this this no must be true. Knowing. I do like that though. Just like no, you can't kill me. Like well, it's it's based on a book. There's only one. You know, this is the end of it. Yeah. You're like doesn't matter if it's popular. Yeah. Uh, the opposite of Sean Bean. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mark Wahlberg had a clause in his contract um, that guaranteed him nine hundred thousand dollars if Anne Hathaway dropped out of the movie. She did, but he quit first. So he didn't get the payout. Now, I guess the movie was Silver Linings Playbook, which ended up being Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence, right? Mm-hmm. So I had no idea that Mark Wahlberg was supposed to do that with Anne Hathaway. But he had this thing in his contract that said, you're going to give me almost a million dollars if Anne Hathaway drops out of this movie. But he did it first, so he didn't get that money. But when you're as rich as Mark Wahlberg, I guess you probably don't cry about $900,000. I don't know what he's worth. Any guesses if we celebrity net worth him, I'd say two fifty. You think 250 yeah. million? Yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of things going on. He's a big movie star. Yeah. Uh, at least top 20 highest paid movie stars, probably. Top 30. Yeah, I, I got top think. 30. Yeah. Yeah. He's got Wahlburgers he, and all the other stuff. I mean, I feel like uh, he does a lot of that's stuff. That's right. He's, he's got, got a, a lot of other stuff. You, there's a yeah. documentary about him on, like. Yeah, um, I never watched it. I watched it. It's like about the family, like, too, right? Yeah, you know, and like all the businesses he's yeah. invested in. It's a lot more than you think. You're yeah. like, whoa. He works like 18 hours a day. Yeah, and like grocery stores and like, oh, health grocery stores. Like, some lady had a really good business in L.A., and they show him going to a meeting with her, and they're like, all right, let's open up more of them. I don't remember what they were, but yeah. Yeah, I saw the trailer for it, and I know that we kind of talked about it, but I never watched it. But I would and She was in 22 Jump Street, man. 22 Jump Street. There yeah. you go. So, yeah, you're not going to die in that, because what mm-hmm. happens when they make 23 Jump Street? Which they did, and she wasn't in it, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's not a guarantee, but it's just, mm-hmm. you know what? It's out there. 
Sometimes I think you can die and they bring you back anyway. Let of you course. play a different character. Uh, Sam Jackson, everyone loves him, right? Mm-hmm. He demands. Now, if you told me, if you just read me this contract and said, which celebrity do you think it is? I would have guessed uh, uh, Goodfellas, Home Alone, what's his name? Joe Pesci. I would have guessed Joe Pesci because I know Joe Pesci loves golf. But apparently Sam Jackson, in his contract, demands time off to play golf twice a week, no matter what. He also makes sure that it's in his contract that he doesn't have to do a second take if he thinks he nailed it the first time. I like that. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. boss. If that's you're like, good. no, I got it. It's good. And also, it's time for me to go play golf. You get Twice a week. I mean, movies usually are on these tight budgets. They're trying to get all the shooting done in a few weeks, and this guy's saying, I got to leave twice a week to go play golf. Yeah, but he's probably at that. I mean, I don't, I mean, you're right. It is. I mean, it's nice to be Sam Jackson yeah. where you can do that. And they probably just, I'm, I'm guessing they have him come in and be like, yo, we're going to shoot all your scenes first. Right. Just knock them all out, yeah. and then we'll re- put them back in order later. Did, is this true? I feel like I've heard a uh, uh, factoid that Sam Jackson has been has basically his movies i don't know how to describe this he's been in so many movies that have made so much money there's no other actor that has been in uh you know has generated as much revenue not that you can say that it was necessarily just him but you get what i'm saying he's been sure. in so many films i'm butchering nobody's, this, right that, nobody's that generated the as total much revenue, box right. office of all of his movies is higher than anyone else i don't know if that's true but bringing like down the that. house Oh, yeah, that's what it was. There yeah, you go. Took a minute that? for me to buy it. And wasn't she in the taxi movie? One of the taxi movies with Jimmy Fallon? Wasn't that Queen Latifah and Jimmy Fallon? Boy, it was I somebody. I, th- I thought she was in a taxi movie. Taxi? A, co- a-, a comedy. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's called Taxi. Oh, it's on there? Yeah. Is Jimmy Fallon in it? I saw that, too, then. I've seen yeah, more that's Queen- right. That's right. I- I've seen more Queen Latifah yeah, movies. There than you go. Thought. And Giselle's in it? I Tom Brady's one. I don't yeah. remember that. That's it must, have, must have been like a cameo. Maybe she's in it for a while. I don't really remember. Queen Latifah was in a show in the early '90s that I watched. Uh, I didn't watch it religiously, but it was well, all. No, I'll find out for you. All those women. It was just her and her friends. I cannot think of the name of it, but I did kind of like Living that show. Single. Living Single. Yes. There you go. I watched that. My mom she was watched it sometimes. Jita James. She looks basically, from what I can tell, exactly the same now as she did then. She's one of those people. You know what I mean? She really doesn't look any different. She's aged amazingly. Keanu Reeves, everyone loves Keanu Reeves. In his contract, he has a no digital editing clause because it says years ago, a tear was digitally added to his face to change the performance. He was pissed, I guess. Okay. So now he says, you cannot digitally edit any of my scenes. I, I've thought about that when they do documentaries. You know, when these people come in and they sit down to do an interview for a Netflix documentary I, or whatever, and they take stuff that they say out of context. You know they are, because we work in radio. We kind of know how audio works. And I see it. And I see them. They'll be telling part of the story, and they go back to the person, and the person's sitting there. And we're supposed to believe that this person is thinking deeply about what you just said. The truth is, the person is waiting for you to tell them to talk, because they just sat down in the chair. Right. Stuff like and that, that. The thing that always bothers me about the documentaries is when the person's sitting there. Yeah. And they're like, hey, what, right. uh, what are we talking about? And they, they film now. it, yeah. and it makes you think this person's an idiot. Right. But they're not, because you're, they're just sitting there. They do it all the time It's now. an uncomfortable situation. They didn't used to do they that. They don't know who's in charge, and so right. they're looking around, and they're like, you want me to talk now? But, yes. And people are like, oh, this guy's such a dip-ass, or this woman is so dumb. And it's like, wait, no, 
you didn't tell them we're rolling, so they're just sitting in a chair, and you're, then you're putting it's, that in it's there. It's weird, it, and it's really, really common me. now. And whenever I see that in a documentary, I automatically think, I don't believe what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. I, I, and it's, man, it's turned into like most documentaries. They yeah. did not used to do that stuff. Mm-mm. Even if I don't think they're trying to make them look dumb, it's just like, you, they don't think you they're s- being filmed. They don't think this is going to be in the movie right now. And I now. think they do that. And you're like, oh, let's get a behind-the-scenes shot. You know who shot. started doing it, and I think they did it just for comedy effect, at least for me when I remember seeing it was, Penn and Teller's BS. Oh, okay. They'd yeah, be like, look at this dumbass. Right. And they would do it all the time. And the guy would be like, man, man. Oh, they overdid Singing it. and yeah. stuff. But I think they did it like comedy effect. Like, hey, we're just comedians, man. We're making yeah. this dumb. This but guy, they did try and make them look all like the time. And now sure. I think everybody just kind of picked up For on sure. that to sell their point of view. It could, yeah, it could have been them. But I mean, even in the true crime stuff that I watch now, it's just like, there's so many of these moments where they'll go to the person and they're just sitting there thinking. And it's supposed to be, you know, in context. with the, yeah, of told, course. Of course it's not. Right. Or like you said, they're sitting down and saying, where's the camera? Is that the one? Do you want mm-hmm. me to look over there? I'm like, why are you showing me this? Right. You because know? it makes them look dumb. And when they come out and watch that final product, they've got to be thinking, good Lord, that is not what I meant. Right. Good Lord, <laughs> I, you know, you took the, I wasn't even talking about the same thing that you're talking about at that right. point. You just used my comment where I was talking about right. her. As if I was talking about him. It's it's annoying because you don't know who to believe. Now, having a tear digitally added to your face, if you're someone like Keanu that's Reeves, lot, yeah. that's bizarre, and I can see why you'd have to add that to your contract. Uh, Barbara Which Streisand. reminds me of, I know uh, it's off the topic, but it reminds me of that Ben Affleck interview we heard where in the uh, the what, the bartender movie, whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. isn't it called uh, Tinder Bar? Or whatever, whatever it is. When he gives the guy the car. The, the he George gives Clinton the kid the movie. car, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And he's, Tinderbar, I think. And he said he was, you know, he's getting all set, ready to do this emotional amazing, thing. emotional. Mm-hmm. He's going to give his nephew his car, and then he's a big car guy. And, you know, he's like, man, this is my, this is going to be my Academy Award. And, you know, he's like, I'm building myself up. I know I'm going to cry, man. I'm going to nail this. Nail it, nail it, nail it. He goes, and we do the scene, and there's tears in my eyes, and I give him the car. He's like, and then it's over. They yell, cut, and Clooney comes walking up to me. He puts his hand on my shoulder. I'm like, man, he's about to tell me I nailed this thing. And he just goes, giving away a car is fun. Yeah. And he goes, oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he like, wipes the tears off his eyes. They're like, all right, redo it. I guess we're going to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Well, also, I love like, it too. Hey, giving away a car is fun. Yeah, I, think we got, I think you're reading this wrong. Well, <laughs> love you, buddy, but uh, right. this is supposed to be a good I know it was thing. great. I think it would be weird, like Sam Jackson. Well, I feel saying, like that reminded me of that when you said Keanu. Like, if he read it a certain way and they're like, oh, he should have cried there. Well, you know, we don't have to tell him. Right. We don't have to do the George Clooney thing and yeah. cut it again. We'll just put fake tears in his eyes. Right. right? Whatever yeah. it was. And Sam Jackson says, if I say it's good enough, it's good enough. I get that. But what about people who, I've never acted, but imagine you've got, you do 10 takes and one of them you're like, oh, that was the one. And then you see the final product and they use what you think is the worst one. Like, why are you using right. that? Because I'm assuming the director has the final say on that sure. stuff. And if you're a, you know, not a huge celebrity, I'm guessing you can't say you're going to use the take that I want. You know, Sam right. Jackson, I guess, is saying I'll give you enough. Right, you pick which yeah, one you want. But and then Kevin Smith said he did that movie with Robin Williams. I can't remember which one it is, but they, anyway, I heard an interview with him, and they were like, what do you do? Or it might have been Carlin. I don't remember who he said, but basically, like, what do you do? You know, you have your dialogue written, and you want it in an exact way, and you, you know, your movies are known for that dialogue. And he's like, yeah, he's like, what happens when someone like Robin Williams or, you know, Carlin uh, start to ad-lib? He's like, what do you do? He's like, I... Stop the film and say, don't, don't add to it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Read it the way I wrote it. Right. Yeah. I, always, I always assume Quentin is the same way. Like, right. they're going to, nope, you got to say it like this. You got to <laughs> right. say it like this. I do remember Kevin Smith, I guess off topic uh, still, but I do remember Kevin Smith did that movie with uh, Bruce Willis. 
And I remember reading a bunch of stuff about that. They did not get oh, along not at get all. Along, yeah. uh, Bruce Willis thought Kevin Smith was an idiot. Kevin Smith had to deal with what he thought was a diva. And basically, Bruce Willis was just regretting every moment that he would, had signed this contract while he was there and gave basically the worst performance he could possibly give. And it shows. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that movie, but I can't remember what it was called. I know the original name was supposed to be A Couple of Dicks. That was Kevin Smith's name for it. And oh, the yeah. studio was like, yeah, no, we're not going to call it that. So it ended up being something about cops. But, uh, okay, Barbara Streisand, she demands peach-colored toilet paper what? to match her skin tone. What? Hmm. Hey, That's she's Barbara Streisand. Peach-colored toilet paper to match her skin tone and rose petals in the toilet bowl. Now, <laughs> I didn't know they still made colored toilet paper, but this reminded I no me of idea. when I was a kid, my grandma at her house, as well as even like my old aunts, they would have this colored Toilet paper. Really? Yeah, it I've was like a light that. blue or a light green. Do you remember colored toilet paper back in the day? No, like not old, really, but I know Beyonce it. makes it be red. That, why? So that she doesn't have to worry about... I don't know, but that, like, if that's part of her rider, <laughs> that's what that, I should do. it has to be red. Yeah, yeah, we've sure, talked about that before, having sure red toilet bright paper. Red. We've yeah. talked about that. We have, of yeah. course we have. We've talked about it all. Uh, Fast and the Furious stars, The Rock, Jason Statham, and Vin Diesel, they all refuse to be depicted as the loser in a fight. So Diesel devised a point system based on the number of kicks, punches, and headbutts each of them delivered and received, so it had to be even. That reminds me of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that whole story being about, you know, you go from being the star of the movie to being the Uh heel, uh and once you're the heel, you can't really come back to being the leading man. Now you're just always the bad guy. Like, uh, you know, who's the guy that's always been? Malkovich, right? He's always kind of been the the nemesis, the bad guy. And the actors are scared that they'll get pigeonholed into that. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like, it doesn't sound like that's what this is. You got Jason Statham, The Rock, and Vin Diesel all saying, I'm not going to lose a fight to you. I can see The Rock being like, I'm not letting Vin Diesel pretend to beat me up in this movie. So it's not happening. No, it's weird. Like, who cares? I I know who cares. I know you're acting. I don't think he cares the way that you're thinking he cares. I think he thinks... Could this impact how people view me for my next movie? For Does it impact yeah, the way I mean, people sure. see me? And I, I think they have to worry about that. Sure. I don't know. I think it's weird because I think there's been plenty of henchmen that are like, make them a leading man. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. But they just don't do it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, 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 there was a few more, but I feel like that's, that's enough of the celebrity clauses. But I've only ever seen the rock star ones before, I think. I don't remember seeing yeah, seen mo- movie star ones. But I would assume that they could ask for things just as big, if not bigger. Sure. They want the rock stars ask where they start thinking. Well, we've done this with the writer for your green room, but if you're doing a movie, yeah, what's what, what's on your writer? Mm-hmm. You know, what's in your contract? I wouldn't even know where to begin. Colored toilet paper. I mean, for me, that'd be the last thing I think I like about. That. I guess I could say, you know, as a small time guy coming in, they spotted me at a Wendy's and they're like, "This kid is talented." This is, by the way, not current time. Like if I got spotted in my twenties, sure. Mm. And uh, I go in there and I would say, uh, you know, uh, I need a bidet. If I'm going to be working on this set, that's good. If I'm going to be working on this set, if we're going to be shooting this movie for three weeks and there's going to be, you know, 15 hour days, I need a bidet. That would be number one thing. And I feel like Lazlo would ask for a bidet too. That's starting. Mm-hmm. It's like you can have one small thing. We're starting with a bidet because I got to be here this long. Yeah, you need one. I'm, I yeah, I demand it. One. That's my first thing. And that's not really that far off from Barbara Streisand requesting. Well, I don't know why. Peach you toilet know, that's paper, important, but, but I know. But for people who live with bidets. Now you're asking me. No, that's wildly important. But why the peach toilet paper to match your skin tone? That I don't understand. But whatever. I don't know. When you get that much money, man, you got to find something to do with it. And it's like you know what? This is what I like. Yeah. And if you don't like it, then whatever. I won't sing these horribly boring songs in front of thousands and thousands of people. Right. Also, do you really believe that she asked for rose petals in her toilet? I maybe. mean, maybe she did once or something. I just I can't imagine that every time Barbara Streisand sits down 
to take a crap. She's got rose petals. I in wonder the if it's maybe. Maybe she doesn't crap though. She is Barbara <laughs> Streisand. I don't know. Maybe she's like, let's fill this, use those bowls. I don't think it could be it. a point of her like, you know, I just want to let you know who I am. Right, of course. I'm Barbara Streisand. It sets, You're going to put rose petals in the toilet. Yep. You're going to get peach colored toilet paper. Right, you're going to... Now you know how not to talk to her. Right, now you know who's in charge here. Absolutely. Because I'm going to need one of your employees to go to my crapper... (laughs) And put rose petals in it. put rose petals in it, and when they leave, I want them to really understand (laughs) how goddamn important I am. Because, listen here, I can make you put roses in my toilet. Where I'm going to crap later, you're going to put roses in there. And when I'm done and they're gone, I'm going to need to go ahead and go put more in there. Just in case. Just so you know... How important I am. Pretty, right? pretty big power. I'm telling you right now, if you don't bring me flowers, <laughs> right. That's a We're old done. Barbara Res- yeah. Streisand yeah. reference for The Church of Laszlo. It's time to doom scroll with Slim Fast. What you don't know could kill you. Murder hornets. Corpies infected monkeys. This is Headlines on The Church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. What's going on, kid? We're doom scrolling and. Do it. There's Trump news. It seems like there's a lot of Trump news for a while, then it goes away for a while, and it comes back. But I feel like this is a pretty big story because you've got the, what do you want to call this? Is this the election fixing scandal trial? Is that, it's the Georgia one, right? And it's the allegations that he knew that the election wasn't stolen, that it wasn't rigged, that his claims were baseless, but he made them anyway, and that he tried to overturn the election. Okay. They, Get all these people together. They charge every many people they charge. They charge him with however many things, like 90 some things. I don't remember. And the whole point was this is like what they do with uh, the mafia because they're trying to get someone to, to turn. turn on Trump. And anyone would be good. But boy, oh boy, I feel like they got, I don't know who you could ask for other than his former chief of staff. Right. That's the guy. They got the top guy. They got the former chief of staff. They said, we will grant you immunity. You're going to testify against Trump. This morning, federal prosecutors reportedly have a new top witness in their election interference case against the former president, his own former chief of staff. ABC News reporting Mark Meadows cut an immunity deal in exchange for his testimony, citing sources familiar with the matter, adding Meadows told Mr. Trump his repeated claims about widespread voter fraud. Frankly, we did win this election. Were baseless. Oh, baseless claims, mm. huh? That's interesting. You mean to tell me that he was going on Twitter and television and saying that the election was stolen when he didn't have any evidence of it? Hmm. That seems odd. I saw that woman from Michigan with Rudy Giuliani testifying. Yeah. I mean, she was, what was her job? Cleaning the computers or something? I don't remember, but she yeah. was cleaning the computer screens. I don't remember, but she saw something. And somebody saw somebody dumping something in buckets. I remember that. I do remember that. Somebody saw somebody trying to get into a, a building, although it turned out those people that were trying to get into the building, I think, were fake electors for Trump that weren't yes, supposed to be there. True. Yeah, so that doesn't help your case any. But now, who uh, else turned? I heard there was somebody who There turned. has been other people before. He's not the first one. Yeah, there was there's... a lady who gave evidence yes. and yes. changed it afterwards, and the paper said something crazy about, I don't remember, she changed aliens it? or something. Mm, I don't remember that. Look up her name. Look up her name. Multiple testimonies before a grand jury have reportedly seen Meadows contradicting Trump's claims of widespread voter fraud, a motif of Trump's narrative post-election. Meadows has revealed that he repeatedly informed Trump that the allegations were baseless, a statement that starkly contrasts Trump's public rhetoric. Furthermore, he admitted that Trump was disingenuous when he claimed victory on election night before the final results were confirmed. Um, Meadows' testimony is not the only source of controversy surrounding him. 
His book, The Chief's Chief, has also come under scrutiny. The book, Warren Meadows, maintains that the 2020 election was stolen and rigged, seems to contradict his own statements to investigators. ABC News has identified several assertions that are at odds with his testimonies. This discrepancy raises questions about the credibility of his book and his motives behind promoting false claims about the election. I'm looking for the people who talked before. We've got the bigger picture of Trump's legal tactics. Um, As Meadows cooperates with the investigators, Trump continues to challenge various aspects of the case. He has attempted to dismiss the indictment and opposed a proposed gag order. These maneuvers have been criticized as attempts to obstruct justice and delay the proceedings. Meanwhile, Trump's campaign spokesperson has denounced the wrongful, unethical leaks that have uh, permeated the investigation, emphasizing Trump's commitment to transparency and free speech. However, these statements seem paradoxical in light of Trump's attempt to support information and slow down legal proceedings. I thought for sure they were going to get to the part where previously we heard from these people, you know? All right, uh, I'll look for it. This is all just about Meadows. That's the only article that I had uh, pulled up. But still, Mark Meadows is the big one. Now, my thing is when they say, look, because this is all, by the way, ABC News broke the story. So every outlet has to say ABC News is reporting. So... That's a big one. It's been a while since I've heard someone say ABC right. News discovered this. But if he contradicts himself, like if the book is, is telling lies, or at least contradicting what he's saying now, aren't we kind of in the same boat as we are with Cohen, where it's like, well, how credible is he? Because right. Trump could just say, he just wants immunity. Look, he said in the book mm-hmm. that the thing was stolen. He, sa- he did tell me it was stolen. You know, uh, He thought it was stolen because he knew it was stolen. I mean, Whatever. Not, I mean, what, what's he know? I mean, if he wrote that stuff down, and then it's to me, and I'm no lawyer, it would be easy to say... Well, obviously, if you grant him immunity, he's going to say whatever you want him to say. Yeah, sure. But look at what he said in the past and look at That's what why, he's man, It really depends on what down. he knows. He could have some damning right. evidence, you know. But he is, well, and supposedly he does. He has notes, right? I've heard that. And he might have sure. some recordings. I mean, he's the chief of staff. He's like, the chief of staff. I would think that of all those people that were listed on those indictments, that was the guy they wanted the most, That's right? the biggest, for sure. Okay. I didn't think there was anybody else on no, there. No, that's that, the biggest. There was like, uh, well, this person is the one. It just so happens you don't. Own I mean, it's bigger than Giuliani. It's bigger than. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's it's the biggest you can get. I heard someone say it might have been Bill Maher that Trump could actually lose. You know, one of these cases. Yeah, out of the and four, end up getting house arrest for like a hundred days and uh-huh. being president. On house, house on house arrest. Oh in the White House? God. In the White House. All right, that would be that, that could be, be his amazing. house, and that he would be, be awesome. on house arrest. With like an ankle monitor? <laughs> yeah. That'd be amazing. You'd vote for that? Yeah, I'd vote for that. Just yeah, to why see not? it. We're yeah. watching the country fall apart. Why not have a little fun, right? That was the first right? guy who said, let's see it burn, baby. Let's see it burn. If you're going to burn it, have a little fun. But a guy on house crazy. arrest in the White House. In the White House. It's awesome. That's third world, man. We're there. Well, no, it's not third world, because in the third world, I guess, there's no way that the guy or gal in charge would allow the justice system to put an ankle monitor right, on. So it is a weird juxtaposition, like, look at America. The We're guy can so still be president, for but justice that we, yeah. also nobody's above the law. Mm-hmm. It's like, so what's his punishment? He has to stay at the White House. You know, well, whatever. It's his house, there's, I guess. I mean, you couldn't do that. That's what they were saying, that it's, a, it's an actual... I mean, just... It's not likely, necessarily, but it is an actual thing that could happen. That, that is because that's one of the things that he could be sentenced with would be house arrest. So if he was sentenced to house arrest and he got elected president, yeah, would I they mean, delay the sentence? Because that's one of the options that they say probably more likely. They could delay the sentence until yeah. his term is over. Yeah. Or they could say, no, we're imposing it right now, and then he would be on house arrest in the White House. That'd be quite a show, yeah, guys. I like it. He could do a new reality show. Yeah. You know, stuck in the house with Trump. <laughs> I, I, I like it. that. Uh, dogs. You like dogs? You don't hate dogs. You're just not Could a dog person. Could he just pardon himself? 
Well, that's a question that's been asked, too. Uh, is he allowed to pardon himself? I'm sure. And there's most, no real answer. There's there no answer, but, well, it seems like a lot of people have said there's no real way to stop him. It's been him. debated. I mean, there's no real way to stop him because there's nothing that says he can't. Yeah, there's no, yeah. So if he does it, the president can pardon people. If he pardons himself, that's been asked. how are you going to fight him? I mean, it? a lot lately. Yeah, how would you fight I him? I mean, the theory, I mean, he's, you know, most likely running so he could do that, but no one really knows if he can or can't. Obviously, he will try because it's him. Well, I think he he's also care. running because running for president has been one of the most successful businesses he's ever run. Well, he's got a run. ton of campaign contributions he gets a that ton he of money. use unless he runs. It, right, and he gets all that money, and he's able to pump it into his hotels right. and everything yeah, else right. because it's perfectly legal. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I would run, too. Even if he thinks he's going to lose, you're yeah, still like getting all that million. free money. He had to, like, he couldn't yeah. touch it unless he ran again. Yeah, just free, yeah. and you're getting more of it. You're asking for donations. You're getting free money, and you're just pumping it into your properties. Not too bad. Also, maybe, like you say, if you're in charge or if you're the, at least running for president, let alone the president, when they start accusing you of falsifying documents about your businesses in New York 10 years ago, you say, this is all witch hunt. This is right. all political Democrats. witch hunt. You never went after me before. This is just because I'm running for president yep. or I am president. Uh, dogs. Do you like dogs? Yeah, I like dogs. I like dogs, too. And uh, I like a good feel-good story about dogs. Um, I don't, you had, like, a dog, right? I remember you well, telling me you had a... Uh, well, didn't you say that you had a... Um, what are the Chinese dog? A... Um, a chow chow? A chow chow. Didn't you have yeah, a chow well, chow? Well, my point? Not a for, girlfriend I had. One. It was her I dog. I lived with her, yeah. Okay, right. But you, you sort of bonded with the dog, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And you went out and took him to Burger King, as I recall, and yeah, yeah, got yeah. him Whoppers or something like that. So you're, uh, you're not anti-dog. There are people no. who don't like dogs. Then there are dog people. And then there's neutral people, which I would consider you. Uh, you're not totally saying there's no chance I would ever get a dog. I let my kids have a dog. But you're also not like, I have to have a dog. Exactly. All the time. Well... The border collie saved the life of a teenager in Texas. I mean, you can't really deny it. This dog did save his life. And this is not a dog that had been trained. You know, you see these dogs that are trained to know when someone's having a seizure or maybe they're therapy dogs. They're trained to know when they're having a panic attack. They're trained to know when their blood sugar gets low. You've seen those dogs that can sn- yeah, yeah, sniff yeah. it out and they go and say, hey, it's time to take your insulin. This was not one of those dogs. This was just a family pet. But it was smart. And it was quick thinking and it saved the life of this teenager in Texas. So this kid's 17. He says he's in the house, and all of a sudden, Lazlo, this is scary, especially because he's 17. Okay. But he said he felt like all of a sudden everything was closing in around on him. He'd never had a feeling. The way he described it kind of sounded almost like vertigo, except it was as if it was all coming in a circle and just closing wow. down on him. And he collapses. The dog goes, this happens really early in the morning, like 5.30 in the morning. The dog goes to the mom's room and starts waking up the mom. The mom thinks... Dog probably just wants to go out, right? But the dog is determined to get her attention and show her what's going on. He wouldn't let up, and he kept on, you know, really jumping with both paws on me, making sure that I was up. It was that unusual 5 a.m. wake-up call from her dog that Amanda Tanner says turned out to be life-saving. But the family's adopted border collie named Axel refused to go outside, instead leading Amanda's husband down to her 17-year-old son Gabriel's room. They didn't know at the time, but Gabriel was experiencing a stroke. Within hours, Gabriel went from taking senior pictures earlier in the day to becoming almost nonverbal. He was basically... so. Perfectly normal. Then later in the day, he's in the hospital. He's he he can't really talk. They're having to teach him a teenager you know, how to talk. He's seventeen. How to talk again? How to walk? He's got to go through full rehab. I mean, it totally like when you see an old person have a stroke, and you know they Man. have to go through all this rehab. Yeah. And Sucks. the doctor said that this stroke was absolutely a, a potentially fatal stroke. Wow. It would have killed him. Wow! Because he's down there. It's five forty-five in the morning. Mom doesn't know that. You know, she thinks he's asleep, right? So they wouldn't have noticed he couldn't have helped himself. No. 
And these doctors said if he hadn't gotten to the hospital, he would have died. So this dog, I mean, seeing this, literally, literally saved, saved his life. Yep. And again, this was not a dog that was trained to do this, just a family pet. Man. Dogs are the best. We don't deserve Legend. them. Uh, R.I.P. Joe Lee. All right, you, do we need to take a break? Yes. Yeah. Okay, we'll take a break, come back, because I got a mushroom pilot. I want to talk about him, and we got to play the audio from Britney Spears' oh, book. Right. The Church of Laszlo. <laughs> It's time to doom scroll with SlimFast. What you don't know could kill you. Murder hornets. Herpes infected monkeys. This is Headlines on the Church of Laszlo. Yo. Yo. What's going on? We are finishing doom scrolling. Okay, good. So I, I know you want to hear the Britney thing, and we'll get to that because Britney's book is out, which means the audio book is out. And I didn't know this until yesterday, but Michelle Williams... Uh, read the audiobook, which if that doesn't incentivize you to go purchase it right now. Is there now, a reason? Like, why? Are don't they know. friends? Don't know. Maybe she's just really good at it. I like to think that there were auditions for it, you know? That oh, people try it out. Cool. You know, speaking of auditions, because Britney put this book out, and everyone's talking about Britney right now, we've all got Britney fever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The producers of The Notebook did something interesting. Did you guys see this? No. The Notebook, how old is that movie? 20 years? I mean, that's, it's, got, it's over 20 years now, right? It was probably at least early 2000s. Did you know Britney Spears auditioned for The Notebook? Oh, I saw that yesterday, yeah. Did you watch her audition? Uh, no, I just saw the... I, yeah. So I guess they'd never released this audition before, but since everyone's talking about Britney, they released her audition for The Notebook, and you know, at the time, she'd been in a movie. I can't think of the name of it now, but I do remember there's a scene where she's in a pink bra. But she'd just done that movie, and now I guess she was going to, you know... Take her chances at acting. Okay. And she tried out, she auditioned for The Notebook. And, you know, everything I've read online when this is posted, people say, this is pretty good. Watch Britney Spears audition for The Notebook. She's pretty good. I pray for you to die. And the Lord will not die. I would have felt completely horrible if you would have died. But I just, I kind of didn't want you to be alive anymore because I couldn't bear the thought of you being with somebody else or of us never seeing each other again. So for seven years, no matter what I did, I couldn't get you out of my mind, and then, and then I met Lon, and I told him I'd marry him, and I, and I want to marry him, I really do, but then I saw your picture in the paper, and I knew I had to see you again, because we never really finished things, not really, and now I'm here, and it's like, I feel so much, and all these adults' feelings have come back, and I don't know, but I still love Lon, and I, I'd never break off our marriage, I would never do that, but basically... All I want to do is crawl in a hole and stay there for the rest of my life. You tell me what I should do. Tell me. Should I leave before I make a freaking total mess of things? Or just, please, tell me what should I do? Now, if you've seen The Notebook before, which I haven't, you're probably going, oh, I know that part of the movie. Me and either. she's auditioning for it. Uh, unfortunately for me, The Notebook is one of two Ryan Gosling movies I've never seen. The other mm, one being, You should watch it tonight. I've uh, never seen that or La La Land. But I know people like it. Uh, and, you know, that's not bad. Maybe she could have been an actor. Auditioning for a role. Someone also released recently. What's the guy's name that plays Pennywise in, the, in those it, in the uh, recent Skarsgård. Skarsgård. Did you see people were posting videos of his audition for that? Yeah. Just the thought of, like, going into a room, sitting down in a chair. Mm-hmm. Here's a bunch of producers sitting there. There's, no, there's nothing. You're not in costume or anything. You maybe have a piece of paper in front of you. Probably mm-hmm. not. You've memorized it. And now you're going to pretend to be Pennywise the Clown in front of these people. Or in Britney's case, she's going to pretend to be crying about someone that she loves while sitting on this school chair in a fluorescent light room with just a bunch of producers and directors staring at you. It could never happen. That, to me, I think, like, acting, could I act? 
you know, I'm sure we all think about that. You're like, I might be able to do it. Sure you could. But I couldn't do the audition. That That would be tough. That part just seems impossible to sit there and do that. I think she did a pretty good job. Uh, All right, so we'll get back to Brittany because i got to save the best for last. There is some sports news, surprising stuff. I knew I should have bet on this team because I don't like their uniforms, and I said I'd be betting against them, and I thought it was weird that they were in the playoffs to begin with, and then I just thought, you know what? They're probably going to win it all. I should put money on it, and I didn't do it, but damn it. The Diamondbacks beat the Phillies. Seawall to strike away. Here he comes. Cave, a fly ball to right field over his Carroll. He's got it. And the Arizona Diamondbacks are headed to the World Series. The Diamondbacks have won the National League pennant. And the Fall Classic will return to the desert. Laszlo, I miss when the Royals were in the playoffs. Yeah, right. I want to do that again. That was fun, huh? That was so much fun. I can't. I mean, I I watch it, of course, but the Diamondbacks. I don't care about the Rangers or the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks. I I just I you know I see these highlights. You hear the announcers. You watch the fans getting excited, and I think that was us. I remember when that was us mm-hmm. not that long ago. It was us back to back years. Remember that? I mean, it felt. Like it, it honestly felt like we were dreaming. It didn't feel real. And for a lot of people of a certain age, um, the Royals winning the World Series was the first, um, you know, uh, it, it beat the Super Bowl by however many years. The, the World Series happened first. And so I think if you're of a certain age and you don't remember, the, you know, the Royals won in 85. I was like three years old, so I don't remember that. And Snowcone, you weren't born, right? So the Royals winning the World Series. That was the first big celebration. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we got this. And then, you know, and they—I they, mean, they'd gone the year before. By the way, it's crazy that they lost first year. That definitely felt like destiny with the playoffs and everything. Mm-hmm. But they got it the second year, and we hadn't celebrated anything. It was crazy. We had not celebrated Nothing. something like that in my lifetime. I won a playoff game forever. I mean, schools canceled. Yeah, right. People are are packing the streets. It's national news, and they're saying, "Look, there's only like 20 people that live in." When Kansas they said City. there'd be a parade, I was like, "Oh yeah, I guess people have parades." We'll after down they the street. I didn't yeah. realize like we we were gonna do that. It had been so. Long. Oh, I've I've been on message boards and and read comments from. Broncos fans and stuff saying, oh, well, you don't even know what a parade looks like, dip asses, and just talking to us about how we've yeah, never like, celebrated anything. Oh, yeah, I guess people have parades right. after that. So just, to yeah. have the baseball, you know, like World Series, I would have, I don't know what I would have expected to come first. Maybe it was just the fact that I didn't expect to ever experience either mm-hmm. in my lifetime. It felt impossible. And it was such a great feeling. And then we get Patrick Mahomes playing for the Not Chiefs. Bad, man. Like, what the Not hell? Bad. So now here I am, Chiefs are every year, you know, considered. Uh, at least somewhat of a favorite mm-hmm. to make it or mm-hmm. win the whole thing as long as they got Mahomes. And I'm sitting here crying because I just wish the Royals were good again. You know, what if they were both good at the same time? Wouldn't that be, nice. be something? Man, it is fun, though. It's, it's different. Look, I like sports. I like going to games. I like watching it on TV. But, man, Lazo, you have to admit, because you're a baseball guy, Playoff baseball. It's I mean, maybe it was just me. No, so, so, so you saw fun. how excited I was. I was really surprised how into it you got. Yeah, I mean, I, it, was, I, it wasn't just me though. I mean, when we would go out to those bars to watch those playoff games, I mean, you're people like were me. like, losing no, their minds. Yeah, like I'm not really a sports person. I know you're not really a sports yeah. person, especially baseball. And then God, like you want to shut up about it. like you were. Really I guess it was a it. good story team though. Salvi leading that team, and then, then were in such one a great team. World Series, a great cast of characters, right? But it wasn't like you had these superstars, you know, that were doing all the work for right. you. It was an actual team, and they it felt great. like it was our team. Yeah. And you had these incredible, you know, you had it was just a, the perfect combination of like it felt like 
It was representative of Kansas Next City. Next year, buddy. Right? Next year, buddy. Don't you worry about it. Next year. Next year? Yeah, they were good this year. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the new stadium will help. I don't, I don't know. Uh, Lazo, Richard Roundtree. Rich Roundtree. They call him Little Dicky Roundtree. Oh, that's not what they call and him. And what's he do? Little Dicky Roundtree? Well, I mean, he originally started out as a child actor. He was what you don't know is that he was one of the little rascals. Mm. He was Little Dicky Roundtree, not one you remember, not Spanky or Alfalfa, but one, you know. So he's 110. Well, I mean, he's getting up there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He's getting up there. He was the older brother. Okay. They called him Little Dicky Roundtree. Oddly enough, he went on from there to produce movies and do, uh, you know, stuff behind the scenes that you would never know. Almost like the guy from uh, Christmas. Story mm. and uh, Opie, he's a movie producer, Little mm. Dicky Roundtree. Well, oh, and it's man, Little L I T T L E. He was the not, original Little Dicky, right? It's not yeah. Lil Dicky, it's yeah. Little, Little Dicky Roundtree. I miss that man so much. Yeah, but but while all of that is factually accurate, mm. uh, you are leaving out. You know, one of his bigger accomplishments. I, I mean, one one of his big accomplishments. I don't want to say bigger, but a lot of people might remember him for. And that would be when... Uh, uh, being the assistant producer of Star Wars and all the movies. Well, mm. besides that, though, I'm talking about in it's front of the camera. Pretty big accomplishment. Yeah, yeah, it is. But, you know, when you get in front of the camera, that's when people really remember you. And His dad was get, Big Dick Roundtree. To get in front of the camera. Well, that was a totally different story. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he was also wildly popular in his day. Yeah. He did a lot of stuff with, you know... He was in the talkies uh, or whatever. You know, Humphrey Bogart mm. and, uh, you know... No, people like that. Yeah, yeah, gotcha. Um, a lot of silent movies. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So his son, Little Dicky Roundtree, mm-hmm. after all of his success uh, with the Little Rascals, um, producing, Star producing Wars. stuff behind the scenes, producing major motion pictures, mm-hmm. somehow he also found time to star as Shaft, which was pretty cool. I come right? up yeah. from Castle Harlem, come downtown this morning looking for John Shaft. Well, they're soul brothers. They came down so I could teach him the handshake. Yeah. They find you? Of course. I wasn't hiding. If you find out anything, give me a call. Huh? I'm still at the 38th precinct. Right on. Yeah. Shaft. Yeah. I felt like you could, when I was a kid, if you flip through the channels, yeah. on one of the channels, Shaft was always Iconic, on. Man. Reruns of Shaft were always on. Yeah. Well, I thought everybody would know that, him from that. Would know him from Little Rascals? Shaft. Or? Oh, right. Well, I just use that He clip. tries to give you more You're of giving us, yeah. Of course. That's why we're Everyone here. knows Shaft. He gives us the backstory because every, you, you know him as Shaft, right. but here's the What the you don't know is that he started his career as a little rascal. Yep, yep. And uh, he died at 81, which you know makes you think, none of us are going to make it out of here alive. You know, not even Shaft. Although that Sam Jackson Shaft movie, the first one, was pretty good. A lot of people might have, yeah. might have, you know, not taken that movie too seriously, but yeah, it's a pretty good movie if you go back and watch it. Uh, all right, I'm ready to do this for you. I know you've been waiting. Britney Spears, yes. she, she has a book. It's called The, the Woman and Me. And uh, she had someone else read it. <laughs> she had Michelle Williams read it. And there is one particular excerpt from this book that has gone viral now. And it is a part of the book where Britney is talking about Justin Timberlake as they're dating, and how NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys were the two popular boy bands at the time. Mm-hmm. Now, I never knew this, but Britney is claiming that the Backstreet Boys were the white boy band, and NSYNC were the black boy band. Now, in my mm-hmm. mind, I thought they were both white boy both bands. White. What That's what about? I thought. I thought New Edition. Yeah, was exactly. Right. Like, I mean, I know they black. were before yeah, then, but they yeah, were the... That was a black... 
Yeah, you know, no, that's exactly. You're exactly yeah, right. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, Black Black Street, I felt right? Like, yeah, one Black Street. Yeah, but yeah. I felt like everybody like kind of based what they were doing yeah. on the white guys again, cultural appropriation. Yeah, the white guys and all that—they were just stealing from New Edition. Yeah, right. Right. So I guess you know that's what she's saying. I never, in my mind, thought, "Oh, Backstreet Boys." I guess I didn't think about none of them, but Backstreet Boys are playing, you know, the unhip, just you know. White guys in suits and in sync, they're playing the more urban, street smart. I do remember one of the white guys in in sync had braids or something, right? Didn't he have like dreadlocks? Yeah, what's his name? Like Chris Kirkpatrick, I think. Oh, that is Chris Kirkpatrick because he can get his ass kicked. That's right. That's why you remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, this is Michelle Williams reading Britney Spears' book talking about Justin Timberlake. I pray for you to die. Oh, no, this is the wrong <laughs> clip, Snowcon. That's not actually yeah. Yeah. I pray for you to die? That was from the notebook. Here we go. His band in sync was what people back then called So Pimp. They were white boys, <laughs> but they loved hip-hop. To me, that's what separated them from the Backstreet Boys, who seemed very consciously to position themselves as a white group. In <laughs> sync hung out with black artists. Sometimes I thought they tried too hard to fit in. One day, Jay and I were in New York, going to parts of town I'd never been to before. Walking our way was a guy with a huge, blinged-out medallion. He was flanked by two giant security guards. Jay got all excited and said so loud, Oh yeah, faux shiz, faux shiz, genuine, what's up, homie? After genuine walked away, Felicia did an impression of Jay. Oh yeah, faux shiz, faux shiz, genuine. Jay wasn't even embarrassed. I can't even listen to this. It's tough. That's bad. I've I already, can't listen to I've it. I've already heard it, so I've kind of scarred myself Oof. and built a little barrier there. But yeah. Imagine Justin Timberlake doing that, by the way. Faux shiz. I mean, look, I know he was young, but I was at age two, and I never went up to someone and said, faux shiz. What did she say he said? Not seriously. Oh, yeah. Right, but I I'm, can't imagine he did it seriously, It, it right? sounds like she's accusing him of Boy. doing it seriously. Walking our way was a guy with a huge, blinged-out medallion. He was flanked by two giant security guards. Jay got all excited and said so loud, Oh, yeah, faux shiz, faux shiz, genuine. What's up, homie? Was it genuine? Genuine. I don't know if it was. I thought the same thing. I was, like, was, was it genuine? Was it genuine? I thought that too. I, I don't know if that's what she's saying. Or she just, did right. he just call random black people genuine? <laughs> right. Or is he talking that about That seems the, odd. Well, they said he had security with them. I mean, I don't Although know. I thought you did it at Olive Garden with Sir Mix a lot. So, I mean. That's right. You did. What did you I, did I, say Porsches, Porsches, Sir Mix a lot. Oh, Jesus. No, what happened was I said, that's Sir Mix a lot. And Leslie goes, not every black guy in Seattle is Sir Mix a lot. And I said, no, but that one is. And he's the same thing as this. Totally fair to say that. Right. But he Mix a lot. like genuine. I'd be like, "Yo, not every black guy is genuine." But, right. You got to stop. Except that it was Sir Mix a lot, and he said hi to me. And well, then, that's what we're asking. Is his this license genuine? plate said "Baby got okay, asked" or whatever. He drove out, off. What, what we're asking is, is right. What we're asking is, was this genuine? Was right, Justin Timberlake that, that, as right question. as you are about Sir Mix a lot? Right. Is my question. I, I have. This, I don't know if he's saying like the necklace is genuine or if the person was that's actually where I genuine. Didn't get it, yeah. I didn't either. When I heard it last time, I was like, "Is she talking about it?" I being think it was genuine. genuine. Is that what you think? Well, they have security. I've never heard someone say black or white like, "Oh yeah, genuine." Right? That's not like a thing. Is I've it? I've never heard that I before. But so. again, again, but he had security. I was older than that, and this stuff was ridiculous. This is like they de- debut album came out in ninety seven. Yeah. I was working at the library. I remember that. The girls that worked so, there really liked it. But, I mean, you know, it's... Right. Uh, and at no point did I look at those guys so and loud. think those guys but, like hip-hop. I'm looking at a picture of them 
Insane. Now, That's then. what I'm saying. I never thought of the I'm looking at Joey Patone. I'm like, I never thought exactly. that name was Urban. Exactly. That's what I was saying that last night. I was telling Brooke, I was like, I never looked at NSYNC like, and oh, they're the, the, other guys? They're oh, the, the more hip hop guys. Yeah, the Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys wore baggy pants and suits and I mean, stuff. Maybe, it was the same maybe thing. like Lou Pearlman tried to differentiate them that way. I, well, I was thinking about that, right? He put both groups together. Yeah. He must have had some idea, unless he just thought, I have, I'll just copy it. I have enough talented kids to make two of them. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But usually he does, you know, you can see those other things that he's done, and you're like, okay, you're, this is what you're trying to do. This is kind of your iteration. Yeah. yeah. But with NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, I just thought of them as two boy bands that were out at the same time, yeah. putting out competing songs that were equally as terrible. The same guy. Yeah, equally as terrible yeah. and equally as right. popular. Jay got all excited and said so loud, oh, yeah, foshes, foshes, genuine. <laughs> What's up, homie? The way she says, oh, yeah, foshes. Now, look, I know she's reading this and she, she didn't write it, but I don't know that he's talking to genuine. I'm not convinced. So when you were supposed to have this book read anyway, I don't I know just, if she'll even mention well, whether or not it was genuine. Well, what, I, what else? Is that maybe come later, up again in the book? Well, maybe later she says, let me hear it again. Does may, she say Maybe it? after that There's clip, a guy? Maybe she says later, she says, like, there's says a, a guy, guy walking bodyguards. towards us with a big medallion and, and two, two bodyguards. bodyguards. Walking our way was a guy with a huge blinged out medallion. He was flanked by two giant security guards. Jay got all excited and said so loud, Oh, yeah, foshes, foshes, genuine. What's up, homie? Okay, but After she says genuine a walked guy. Away. Yeah, a guy. She, she doesn't say genuine is walking towards yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. But like I don't think she knows who genuine is. I think she thought he was saying that, like a, but I think that was actually genuine. Oh, so you think Brittany's like, why did, she say, why did he say genuine? Right. She doesn't, she know, doesn't who know who, that's, who it is. Because <laughs> she said a guy walking towards that her. That would be amazing. But she said, but I, well, maybe. I don't know. I don't want to listen to it again. I do. If you need to, I'm willing. Well, it says like a guy was walking towards us, mm-hmm. and then he calls him genuine. So it's almost like she's revealing. I agree. I agree. Here's the guy. There's a guy walking to okay. us. Then he's got a medallion. Justin knows that right. he's genuine, right. so he calls him genuine. Yes. Now my question is, I'm not sure if it's genuine or if it was like you with Sir Mix-a-Lot at the Olive Garden. That, what do you mean, me with Sir Mix-a-Lot? Well, you that see what I'm saying? Opposite of what it. happened to you. Yes. I get it. But you see I yeah. see your train of thought because I thought the same thing, too, as if they're walking. Here comes a guy with a medallion. Who's that? But Jay knows who it is, and then he says, oh, yeah, folks, whatever. She calls him Jay. What's up? And says genuine, and maybe Brittany realizes then, oh, that's genuine. Or she doesn't know who genuine is to this day. Or she's got to know or, who genuine. Or is. Justin Timberlake just said genuine oh, yeah. as a phrase. That's a good point. In the book, how's it spelled? Oh, when she writes genuine, how's it spelled? Do you guys want to look that up and read it? Because I, th- I think yeah, he spells it differently. That's a good point. He would have. He's got it so he can <laughs> he can copyright it, right? That's my name. Well, someone says here it was spelled genuine at the way he the way he writes it. They said it with, was in the book with the W. Yeah. So he's saying this to genuine. Okay, so now let's just assume that that's genuine walking by. Yeah, and this is what he says. Like, walking look. our way was a guy with a huge blinged out medallion. She doesn't he know was who flanked is, yeah. by two giant right. security guards. Jay got all excited and said so loud, Oh, yeah, foshes, foshes, genuine. <laughs> What's up, homie? I love it. After genuine walked away. After genuine walked away, how did we miss that? She literally says oh. right there, after genuine didn't play walked that away. Well, yes, we did. It, we played it twice. We just all missed it. She says it Me? right there. After Genuine walked away, Felicia okay. did the impression of Jay. Well, we just wasted oh, yeah, Fulshus, Fulshus, So what year is this? Jay uh, wasn't even embarrassed. I think the thing I read last I mean, night the said it was like early, was the early, two, early 2000s or something like that, or maybe like late 90s, because um, NSYNC was really popular. I, it, I think it said a year, but it was from a commenter, so I don't know if it was true. I just, you know, I'm just looking to see honest, where, how big Genuine was at that time. Yeah. I can't believe that she says Genuine walked away. 
We heard yeah. that twice. I mean, when did Pony come out? That was the big one, we right? Heard that that was uh, ninety six. Oh, okay. okay, so, so that even before them. Yep. So he yeah. would have been popular. Yeah, they would have known. God, yeah, so song, that was before them. So then hundred percent genuine was ninety nine. Yeah, there you go. You want to play that here? Wrap this up. I play genuine. Yeah, right. We can play genuine. You guys Lazo, I'll, right? play, I'll be happy to play genuine. It's a good song. I'm sure there's got to be a cover of that in there. <laughs> Anything but the original. The Church of Laszlo. Yo, okay, so, you know, there's all these complaints. Uh, you've seen it now for quite a few years. Gen Z um, and young millennials, or I guess millennials, saying boomers had it so much easier. You know, they were way ahead of us when they were our age. They were able to buy houses. They could work a regular job sure. and pay for school. They could work a part-time job and go to school and pay for their classes. Now people aren't getting a house until they're in their 30s. It used to be like 26. Uh, you know, everything's harder. You guys had it so easy. Life sucks first. You ruined America. That's what young people you know, are telling okay. boomers. And sometimes they yell at Gen X, who like, you didn't do anything to help. You just benefited from the boomer stuff. You got the jobs. You got the houses. And then you just let it completely go to crap and all the... People at the top got all the money, and all the people at the bottom well, are broke. No, there's not yeah. enough of us. And uh, I know. Uh, that's what we could do. What do you want us to do? There's not we, enough of us. We tried to simulate the economy. Gen Xers bought BMWs and Polos and, you know, tried to we help tried out. not to work so much. Yeah, but sorry. We they, tried everything. They, it was easy to buy a house at 25 when you're Gen X. What can we say? Uh, so. My parents that, didn't love us? Right, that's true. Latchkeys. The we came home and nobody home. The young people love to talk about how it's over. So, I mean, you see it all the time on Reddit, right? TikTok videos, whatever. Just people talking about, uh-huh. let me show you why it's so much worse for us. Everything uh-huh. sucks. We can't afford this. We can't save any money, blah, blah, blah. And by the way, they, they're, the numbers they give, uh, they're, they're impressive. And they, I, I believe they do their research, you know, just like watching Ross Perot up there with those charts. I believe sure. it. Okay. It seems like you've looked into this. But this is amazing because now what we've got, this is new, is Gen Z... Working a full-time job, okay? Not complaining, well, maybe, yeah, complaining about the rent and stuff a little bit. But that's not the main complaint here. We've gone from complaining about my job doesn't pay me enough, <coughs> I can't afford a house, to... This is Gen Z now. This is Gen Z. To, Which is that, you, that's millennials uh, too, the same thing now? No, no, Gen Z's younger. Gen Z's because are they, in their tw- That's Gen Y is now. millennials. They just gave them a new name? I don't hear that. I always read millennials and then Gen Z. Right, but it used Gen to be Gen y, y, right? I don't remember, but okay. I don't know. I always see them call them, if they go boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z. At least that's how I keep okay. seeing it. So Gen Z are the young ones now entering the workforce, right? And they're the ones who are saying life's impossible. Why even try? But now this is a new complaint, which is I've got a job and working sucks. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying. But this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after Mm -hmm. college. And I'm in person and I'm commuting in the city and it takes me forever to get there. First of all, by the way, that's that's one of the things in person, because with COVID, a lot of people became remote. So now Gen Zers and I've seen this actually. I know people who are young who, when they look for jobs, say, well, I'm not going to go into the office. I want a job where I can work from home. I'll go into the office maybe once or twice a week, but I'm not going. This is like demands that young people are making. There's no way I'm going to be able to afford living in the city right now. So that's off the table. Like, duh, if I was able to walk to work, it'd be fine. But I'm not. So it literally takes me, like, I leave here. Like, I get on the train at 7.30, and I don't get home till like, 6.15 earliest. And then, like, I don't have time to do anything. I don't – I want to shower – eat my dinner and go to sleep. I don't have time or energy to cook by dinner either. Like I don't have energy to work out like that's out the window. Like 
I'm so upset. Oh my god. <laughs> Nothing to do with my job at all, but just like on, the nine real. to five this schedule is... in general is crazy. People Being are in agreeing. office nine to five, like if it was remote, you get off at five and you're home and everything's fine. But like I'm not home. It takes me long to get home and like like people that drive to the office, like it doesn't you don't get off at five. And I know it could be worse. I know I could be working longer, but like I literally get off, it's pitch black, like I don't have energy. How do you have friends? Like how do you have time to like meet like a guy i don't know like how do you have time for like dating like i don't have time for anything and i'm like so stressed out and i'm also getting my period so that's why i'm all emotional but like am i so dramatic it's I fine i love that she adds that at the end but so this is a complaint now we shouldn't have to work in the office we should work from home this is not just her there's no reason we've proven that during covid so we should be able to work remotely we don't want to have to have these long commutes it's one thing to complain about the job not paying enough to afford rent because sure. rent's too expensive or to buy a house or whatever. But it's, it's the other thing to just say, driving to work and working a regular job and going home sucks. She's not wrong. But she's not wrong. And she's I not wrong. Say it's just something we've all swallowed. Exactly. And I we've think- all like, you, this is what, this is how, like, go back to the beginning of, I don't know, whenever they invented money. Whatever a-hole invented work is an a-hole. Whatever guy was like, I'll, whatever, plow your crops or bang your wife you. or whatever yeah, it I'll is. Do it for you. You but you give points. me two cows and a quarter. Yeah. Like that guy, that guy ruined it for everybody. I get it. But here we are. Like, so I, you're not wrong. It does suck. But someone should have prepared, prepared you, you better for the suck. Because it's not new. No, it's not. We oh, all do it. The, America's falling apart, and you have to work nine to five. That that's not new. But everyone, you know, above a certain age is going to absolutely make fun of this and roast her and roast all the people who are agreeing with her. Which I'm not surprised. But here's my thing: I'm, I'm old well, enough. She that, is also really annoying. She is, and also she is totally. Uh, uh, absent-minded uh, absent of the world around her and oblivious to it yeah. in some ways. Yes. Um, if that was a white guy, we'd all be saying, check your privilege. Yeah. You're lucky yes. to have a job and be able to go to that job and make money and take a bus home. And I'm sorry, privileged white lady. You get off at 6.15 in the dark and you don't have energy to go to the gym. And cook dinner. Right. Well, if you want to work out, how about you run home? Why do you think fast food's so popular? <laughs> well, run home from work. Then right. you can knock two out. Yeah. You can run home from work and run to work. Now, hey, boy, look at that. Now you had, you've knocked a couple things out. Now you got your exercise in, right? Yeah. Look, it is uh, ridiculous that she's saying that. It's ridiculous to be so oblivious to the world around you and how it works. And to be surprised that this was coming at you. The other part of that is, you're not wrong. It does okay. suck. It okay. sucks. It does suck, but I will take that a step further. I will defend her a step further. I don't think she's going about it the right way. And I agree with you that she was woefully underprepared yes. for how life works. I mean, Jesus Christ, didn't you go to school every day for eight right. hours? I mean, that's supposed to get you prepared for this a little bit. You know that people have to commute. You're apparently taking a train. I'm guessing you're on the train with other people who are commuting to work. But here's my thing. I'm going to defend her, I think, a step further than you. Young people, if you're saying, hey, there is no reason for me to be at that office eight hours a day, five days a week, I can get the work done that you need me to get done 
from home this many days, I get this many hours. Fight for it. Fight for it. I'm, I'm for, you know what? We don't have to just keep doing things because it's the way we've always done them. This should not be your spokesperson, okay? I don't think she's probably a great spokesperson. At least wait till she's off her period, I guess. But <laughs> I do think that you, you, as a new generation, can say, we're going we're gonna to change things. We've proven that we can work from home and get stuff done. So you don't want us at home every day? That's fine. We'll come into the office this many days. Start asking for those things. It doesn't mean you're going to get it. But if I already see it happening, I know, Lazo, you probably do too. A lot of people that used to work in an office, you know, 40 hours a week at least, who are now working at home a lot. I mean, I've got family members who worked in an office five days a week and now work at home. I've got, you know, friends that, that work at home now. They didn't used to work at home. And some of them work at home all the time, and some of them work at home a few days a week. Sure. But the point is, we're, companies realize, oh, we can do this. You can change precedent you can change the norm and sure. you can also say at the same time rent's too expensive get rid of airbnb and verbo and all that stuff whatever you're going to complain about and i'm not saying complain in a negative way I'm not disparaging you i should say what you're fighting for keep fighting for it they're going to make fun of this girl because she's crying about working a nine to five and you know that's what everybody does so yeah that, that, that's not great well it's but just the obvious that this is it's not that bad you want to grab and go like okay sweetheart Let's go. This is life. Let's, and this is life, how it goes. Life in America. Like, you want to go see what it's well, like? Well, maybe you like Germany like it better. Maybe or they work less. I don't know. Get, France. I don't know how it works. I'm not saying it's the best place in the world. Right. I'm just saying there's certainly worse situations you can be taking in. taking the train and to having the city to work 9 to 5. And being and, done by 6.15. And you say you like your job and you're done at 6.15. Right. Exactly. Now, if you want to fight to work from home, you go ahead and do that. You keep fighting for more money. If you want a union, you fight for that. Whatever. But the 9 to 5. You should have been ready for that. You went to school. You had to have gone to school. I mean, also... How did you not know that this is what work is? Didn't you have a job before this, too? Also, This is your first job? You waited until after college? I mean, but but in high school, I would work two jobs at a time. When you have free hours, you work all the time to try and make money. And a lot of people in college are working. Now, maybe they can't work 40 hours a week because they're taking classes. But I'm just shocked that she's this shocked by a a five-day work week, you know? I, I see people who work six and seven day work weeks, and I do feel bad for them. Like, man, that sucks. Yeah, and, but people like, do yeah, two but jobs I, but trying to make money. Exactly. Like, I get it. Three jobs trying to make ends meet. Yeah, but you know, manual labor. Absolutely. I see those guys. I remember those out days carrying drywall heat, out, upstairs. Man, that sucks. Out in the cold. It is what it is. Yes. Here's the other thing. You don't have to do it. Well, you, you don't have to do it. You literally don't have to do it. What are your options? I don't, find another job. Go be a like, server. Start now. Yeah. Start now looking for another job. Like you don't have to do it. I, I say it all the time. You know, uh, meter maids are right. Tickets. Like, I don't want to do it, but it's my job. Well, don't do it. You don't have to do it. You literally don't have to be a meter maid. Well, I don't want to be a cop. I wouldn't want to give you a ticket, but it's my job. Well, then get another job. Stop being a cop. Right. It's not that hard. Yeah. So if you don't want to have to take, you know, then get a job closer to home. Yep. Don't take, like you, there are changes you can make. Now, I get it. It's tough. But you're young. Yes. You're okay. Yes. You can get a job that you don't have to jump on the train for. I'm sure there's one around. There are plenty of people of who, can't, who say, I do not want to get in a car, train, whatever, and go sit in an office for eight, eight or nine hours a day. I can't do it. There are tons of you, tons of those yeah. people. And if you're one of those people, you have other options. You can say, I'm going to go be in the service industry. Well, be a bartender. I don't have to wake up at seven in the morning or whatever. And I do that. yeah, I'm there a lot of hours, but it doesn't feel like it because 
Time's going by fast, and I'm and I'm hanging out with people, and I'm right. making good and money. I work different schedules, yes. so sometimes I have the days off. There's yep. a ton of stuff you can do. There are other things you can do besides, and, it, and if you hate working in that office and driving, that's there, it. I then mean, if you really it. hate the office, because it sounds almost like you hate that that's, too. She says she doesn't, but I'm like, I think you do. She's like, it's not the job I'm complaining about. I'm wondering if she's just saying that because it's on TikTok and she doesn't want to. Or get Or maybe trouble. it's the you know she doesn't realize it yet. Maybe, maybe you know it's all of it that goes along with it. Yeah. I mean, if the job. Was something that she loved to do. Yeah. And couldn't wait to get there, then the train ride wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know what it is if she was, you know, worked at a record label in the city. Right, whatever. Right? And took a train into the Sony station and did really cool stuff. Yeah. She wouldn't care. Yeah. So the job isn't, you know, what you're saying is you're just waiting, you know, is it worth it? it I like the job, but I don't like the job enough for. What it pays and the time it takes takes and the transportation, everything else. Well, then, you know, your job should be right now while you're doing this one, which sucks, looking for one where the scales flip a little bit. And you're like, I like this one better because of these things. You should always be doing that. Some people go to a cubicle and then (coughs) they focus and they can get it done. And like, dude, just give me my space. I just need this little office, this little cubicle. Some people love it. And I'll get it done. Leave me the hell alone. And they're good at it. And they they like it. I can't. Like, I can't do it. I would freak out. I wouldn't do it. I got to go work in a delivery truck or something. They're like, man, I go into my cubicle. No one bothers me. Me too. I don't do anything. Yep. I've got friends. I stare at that stupid computer. I've got friends who work in corporate offices. No one ever asked me anything. I don't even know what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And they're fine with it. I couldn't do it, but that's just it. You don't have right. to do it. You don't have to do it. So take Lazo's advice. Keep doing what you're doing while you well, look you can't, for well, something money, else but Look for something do. that you like more. Yes. If yes. it's closer to home, that gives you more time. I don't know. If you want to go to the gym and work your own hours, like that seems important to you. Yes. And talk to people and meet friends. Go take a class. Become a personal trainer. How about that? Sounds good. Now you're like, oh, cool. There's a gym. Close to my house. I get to work out. I can jog there. I can work out, and I'll schedule my appointments. I can go home and cook my own dinner. <laughs> right. There you yeah. go. But for these kids coming out of college that are looking for jobs, for their first jobs, I you know, my, my advice might be don't put on your application that you refuse to work in the office. I, I'm not going to go in there five days a week. I just refuse. Well, well I'm okay with it. Well, th- that's the kind of thing you to. start to ask for later, though, right? I mean, yeah, maybe, but maybe you're just like, hey, from Jump Street. I guess that's I my, so that. I'm older, and I guess I'm thinking of it the old I'm way. I'm okay with like, hey, I'll do this job for you, and I'll do it really well, but I ain't going in. Right. And I'm like, well, at this company, you got to come in. But okay, see you later, Elon. Yeah. And find one where they don't make you. Like, there are plenty of companies out there. Find one where they don't make you do yeah, stuff no, you there don't want to do. There are for sure. I'm just old enough that my mentality was always, get your foot in the door and do whatever they tell you to do. If you can get your foot in the door and just do whatever they tell you to do, and listen to the boss, don't argue with the boss... Get the job done. They'll probably let you move up. And then if you have requests for things like, hey, could I do this? And they like you, you might get it. That's probably an old way of thinking. And it also means that it would have taken me longer to get but the things I want. that's not necessarily. Well, yeah, I guess maybe. You know, because I think there are young people now that say. you move around, though, you can be like, yo, I don't, I'm not doing that. Yes, I agree. I think there are I'm young not, people yeah. now that are, that are more assertive that are probably getting. I would rather faster, so. come in, to be honest with you. Well, me too. But everyone's right. different. Right. I don't want to work from home. I, I don't either. I worked from home with COVID, and it felt I did not like it at all. No, very depressing. But some people really, really like it. My brother loves it. I need. I would need somewhere else just for me because what? I, look, I have a great job, and I love my job. It's still a job, right? And so I do have to come in here, and I have to drag my ass in here. Yeah. And if I didn't have to, I wouldn't. That's right. That's it. Like people are like I do my job for free. I would not. Uh, you, if they said, "Hey, tomorrow you're you're done," but if you want to use the station, do it for free. I'd be like, "Yeah, no, I'm good." I'm good. I'll figure something else out. Yep. So I do it for money. Yep. Now I do like it. I love it. 
Absolutely. But it's a job. Yes. Um, done for a long it's time. always going to be a job. Yeah. So the, I guess the point being is when you take it home, it's then your job's at home. And that's what I don't like. I don't, I don't like waking up in the morning in my office and, in my like, well, now my home has become work. Yep. It's just for me. I, it's like all the when, when I go home. I'm not necessarily happy, but I've left this it behind. It separates it. Work is over right. now. Now I'm in my But if time. I'm just in my bedroom on a computer, then I just go downstairs to make dinner. I'm like, I'm still at work. Right. I don't, my brain doesn't. Now, maybe for some people's brains, it switches to when they go to work. They're like, this is great. I'm still at home. People like it. For me, my brain, my brain makes home work. Me so too. it's like when work's over, I'm like, damn, I'm still at work. I'm just yep. sitting in a different room. I'm yep. at work. Yep. So I need to separate them. And my day doesn't feel compartmentalized like it needs to. That's the other part of it. When I was broadcasting from home, first of all, I have a small house. So I'm doing on the couch. It's right. like, well, put the microphone down and turn on TV, I guess. Right. I didn't like that. But also, I need that structure of I've gotten ready. I've left the house. I've come to work. This is work. Right. Then when I go home, I know I've done work. Work is done. It's over. Now I'm back to my time, and my day has been broken up. If I'm in the house all day... I start to get low. I've got friends and family who work at home, and they're like, dude, that's the only way to and go. People love it. Only I know it. I get it. It just would bother me. Good for you. I'm just saying not everyone can do that. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I need to go somewhere. Yeah, when I did work. it, when I had to do it, you know, I had it in the basement. Yeah. Still. It's just not, like my work's it's not for me. Right it's, there. Not, it's not for everyone. So, you know, nothing is for everyone. That's the, no. that's the lesson here, I guess. Uh, but But that is some... White woman privilege. Check that white woman privilege over there. Yeah, she's young. She said she was on the rag, so. <laughs> she said it. She did. All right, we got to go, Snowcomb. You good? Yep. All right. I don't know this girl's name. Sorry. You don't? Gen Z girl. Well, you know what? Good show, white women. I appreciate your effort, okay? Yeah. Stay positive, kids. The Church of Laszlo. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. 